Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Good evening ladies and gentlemen and thank you for joining us tonight on episode 18 season 3 of the standoff with Brad and Richie. Here on New Zealand Sport Radio, we're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Evening, Richie. Well, we took a break from the NRL and we were rewarded with some great international footy and an Origin blowouts. What did you think of the weekend's action? Absolutely loved it, Brad. I, I um, thoroughly enjoyed having international footy back at the forefront and seeing a packed Mount Smart Stadium for the Kiwis Tonga game, and obviously. Really enjoyed State of Origin. Maybe you not so much, but yeah, <laughs> I really enjoyed the weekend of footy. Yeah, I switched off on Origin um, after a while. You know, got a bit too hard. Um, and see Simon's here. Evening, Simon. G'day, mate. Um, yeah. So while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at 8 pm, you can also catch our show at your convenience um, on the podcast on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was rugby league, including our top stories of the week, a review of the international round and state of origin too. We'll then stop and answer some questions from you guys as well as some questions we've got for each other. We'll then do a preview of round 16 and make our tips, which I see Simon has just given me his tips now, um, before ending uh, the night with a quick recap of the Super League. So remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show, and we may as well just jump straight into the top stories of the week. Sounds good. Um, there is um, a question about the internationals that you have given me, so we'll go over that a little bit in the news. But the first bit I had was um, coach rejections. We had two of them um, in the week just gone. Um, Cameron Seraldo has rejected the Tigers' offer, and Christian Wolf declined the Warriors' offer. Um, what's your thoughts on the, um, the rejections from both of those guys? Not overly surprised uh, would be my would be my initial reaction. Um, if I'm Cameron Serraldo, I yeah, that's probably a wise choice. <laughs> um, we've talked about it a bit in the past, but the tiger the Tigers organisations not in the flashiest of states right now. So I mean, yeah, if I'm in his shoes, I'm probably biding my time till something else comes along. And yeah. 
Christian Wolf. I mean, I think he was your choice to take over Warriors coach, wasn't he, Brad? He was. He was. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. He he said basically said that his family want to come home to Australia. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> we're no longer in Australia, so mm. that's not going to happen. Um, disappointing. Um, I know there's been a lot of people talking about getting um, Steve. Steve McNamara. Steve McNamara. So, uh, hold on. My my computer is going silly on me. There we go. Um, yeah, I've heard a lot of people talking about Steve McNamara. I'm not sure if he's actually available or not, but he's another good option. But it just gives us a lot more speculation, which is um, always great when you don't really want to talk about the performances on the field. So um, hopefully this week is a change of that because I'm hoping there's going to be a good game. Um, but yeah, we're just going to have to keep an eye on everything and hopefully have some clearance on, um, those jobs, but there are rumors floating that John Morris is now rumored to be the potential target for the Tigers. John Morris, I thought he was a bit hard done by at the Sharks, but do you think he would, he'd be a good fit for the Tigers? I think if someone like Serrado's turning them down, John Morris would be, um, a good alternative. I think he he was – I think he would have ended up doing good things at the Sharks, but like you say, it didn't turn out um, didn't turn out that rosy there for him. But, you know, I think if they'd persisted with him and he got – was able to build a bit more of a roster and have a bit more power than he did at the Sharks, I think, I think he would have really developed. So I think he's a coach to watch for the future. So – um, it may be a target that the Tigers, a realistic target, um, because I don't think they're landing any of the, the big fishes anytime soon. Yeah, and um, Simon's just put a comment in saying that he saw our colleague Paul is at the wrong code tonight. Um, that is correct. He is not with us tonight because he is at the uh, Mouldy All Blacks and Ireland game. He got himself a, a media pass and he, he defected and left us. Um, so I'm running the show again, um, unfortunately, but yeah, I'm sure he's having a great time. And Simon also mentioned that he didn't think McNamara, um, will be available and the Catalan owners got a lot more money, which yeah. is true. Um, I think he's, uh, it'd be, it'd be nice to see if it would happen. I'm not sure. Um, and Robbie also asked us a good question about the world cup, which we'll hold off for the question segment too. So good to see you here, Robbie. And, yeah, Simon also said um, he thinks John Morris would be a good fit for any club looking for a coach. Yeah. He was coaching the Sharks into the playoffs every year. Yeah, I I think I mentioned last year when he got the flick, um, saying I'd love to have him at the Warriors because he seemed to be doing all the right things at the Sharks, um, even though the Sharks didn't want him. So um, I wouldn't be upset if they announced that he decided to come over here either. Um, but I... At the moment, I think it'd be good to have anyone um, decide they want to come join join the Warriors at this stage. So um, we'll keep an eye out on all the coaching stuff. There's obviously a lot of rumor and innuendo right now with um, a few jobs up for grabs. So hopefully we'll get some um, solid intel at some point. But um, we'll move on. Um, 
this part was the part that we're going to oh i had one more coaching thing sorry bulldogs are rumored to be considering re-signing mick potter as the head coach instead of recruiting from outside the club so um bulldogs have kind of turned a corner since he took over you think it would be a wise decision from the bulldogs just let him continue i do i think the way he's got them playing at the moment he might be you know he might be the right man for the job and 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 he's there already so you know if i were the bulldogs i'd be letting this one play out a bit more and see see how they go and you know it might all unfold that they they string a few more wins together and you know i i, th- I really think he's done a really good job since since Trent Barrett got the sack so yeah i'd yeah. be i'd be seeing how that plays out if i were the dogs yeah unless someone um that they really want puts their hand up and says i want the job um may as well just let him see how it goes he's going to have um some good players coming in next year too which will help um and it gives the warriors a chance to get one of those other coaches if they decide to pull out of the the coaching hunt so i'm all for it but um next bit of news we'll cover briefly here because your question heavily um goes to with it, towards it but the arl have confirmed that um, they are moving forward with scrapping the mid-year internationals and moving state of origin two back to a wednesday night wayne bennett actually came out um, in opposition to this and said it's a crazy decision especially after how well received the games were this weekend and the plan or the proposed plan to grow the international game um this kind of goes in the complete opposite direction um your question is about that but what's your thoughts on that before we move on i'm filthy about it mate <laughs> uh i won't go too in depth because like you say i want to ask you a bit about it later on but yeah i i really enjoyed seeing all those international games i thought it was a fantastic showcase of international footy um you saw some really top tier players that that aren't eligible for origin I mean, look at the Kiwi side, it's just stacked with people who, if they were eligible, they'd probably be playing, they'd definitely be playing Origin. Your yeah. Joey Manus, your um, Hughes and, and the like. So, um, And then the next tier down as well, the people who are playing in the PNG, Fiji sides, um, giving them a chance to showcase themselves and just such great games we saw. So, I mean, be such a shame to just scrap it yeah so um we're not we're not just bypassing this news because richard's question goes directly to this so in our question segment we'll go a bit more in depth on it but we'll leave it there for now um new south wales went four and oh over the international window um winning both under 19 games um i've got it here it was 22 to 6 to the woman and 32 to 4 to the men as well as both the men and women matches so um not a bad weekend for you with the Kiwis, Kiwi Ferns, and all New South Wales teams winning. Yes, it was good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I thought I'd better put that in there. I don't want to look too one-sided as a Queensland <laughs> supporter. Um, Tigers news. They've decided to scrap the five-captain model that they brought in this year and are moving forward with James Tamo as their sole captain for the rest of the season. You think that's a, a good idea? Yeah, I do. I mean... <laughs> it was the idea of having five captains was poked poked fun of uh more than a wee bit i think when everyone heard about it and 
yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's good just having one captain and maybe a vice captain you know it's just that's just the way it should be I think too it's definitely a case of um having you know, too, maybe a little bit too much input from too many directions so um yeah sanity yeah, prevails if um the the one captain and a and a vice has worked for for a long time, so if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it, you know. Yeah. Um, and um, no surprises here, but Matt Lodge has found himself a new club, and um, we always joke about um the Roosters just getting everybody, but the Roosters have signed Matt Lodge for the rest of the year. Um, there's no word on if his stay will be extended beyond that point, but um. There was a lot of teams that were interested, but due to the price range for our, the rest of the year, they all kind of backed out. But the Roosters, um, they they said they managed to to get the funds together by um, releasing Freddie Lussick and Ronald Boltman. Um, don't know how their salaries equate to what Matt Lodge is getting paid, but you know, um, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. The the Roosters have needed some help in the forwards. Um, their forwards haven't been that stellar this year, so. He will definitely help them in that avenue. And um, I guess we just have to wait and see where his future is in 2023. Sorry, who? Your... Never heard, never, never heard <laughs> of him. Don't be that salty. Come <laughs> on. Um, but, yeah, on a, a more positive signing note, Selwyn Cobo has extended his stay with the Broncos until the end of 2025. Um, I think that's a great move for him and the Broncos. Um He's had a really good year this year, and he was extended. I think it was till the end of 2023, his contract with the Broncos already, but, you know, some of these other teams would have probably come sniffing and tried to lure him away. And I'm um, good to see that he's um, sticking with the Broncos and they are, you know, rewarding him um, with a lengthy contract due to how he's been playing. Well, it should take some Cobo sticking around. Yeah, fantastic for the Broncos and... Fantastic for Selwyn. I know that's his boyhood dream playing for that club. And he's been going great guns this year up until Sunday night, I might add. But um, yeah. he is he is 19, 19, I think he is. So I think we can cut him some slack for that. He's going to be a, a star of the game for many years to come, I think. Yeah, definitely. And the last bit of news before we get into injuries and um, Naughty Boy Corner. Uh, game 3 State of Origin to be played in Queensland is now sold out which is um, great news, I guess, for the state of origin. Um, should be a great atmosphere for what now is going to be the, the series decider. So um, what's your take on a full pack, um, full packed out house watching Queensland take origin in game three? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, obviously, it was going to sell out, but yeah, what better, what better way to win a series than away from home in front of... Uh, 50,000 50, people that hate you. Exactly. I'm sure it would be a great dream um, if it actually happened. Um, we will see in a couple of weeks. Um, but now we'll go on to injuries. Um, there were a couple. Um, Kalen Ponga has been ruled out of this Friday's match due to concussion protocols. Um, bit of concern around him. He's had a few concussions the past few few rounds um which is never a good sign um but hopefully he pulls through because he just signed that new deal with the knights they don't want to lose him long term um cameron munster's going to undergo shoulder injury scans 
Um, no word on the severity of the injury yet. I was looking before we jumped on, and there's still no further update. Um, Payne Haas is undergoing scans for an ankle injury, but he's been named to play for the Broncos, so they seem positive that he's going to bounce back from it. And then um, the last one was Josh LOA. Um, butchered the last name. That's why I leave it with you, Richie. Um, but he looks set to miss this week's game against the Storm, also due to concussion protocol. Um, so a few concerns there, but it looks like besides Ponga and um, Josh, um, the other two should be available to play this week, which would be good for um, the Storm and the Broncos. Um, but yeah, what do you think about the Ponga thing? Do you think that's going to be something that's going to be plaguing him for a, uh, the rest of his career, I guess you could say, with how the concussions have been going? Yeah, hopefully not. I thought he was... In a losing side and on Sunday, I thought he was actually really good. He was one of the few um, bright lights for Queensland. But, yeah, he's not the biggest body, and he, he might miss the odd tackle here and here or there. But one thing you can't, <laughs> can't question is his bravery. Like, he's always putting his body on the line. Are you right, Brad? <laughs> yeah, he's always putting his body on the line, and, and we've seen it. Um him throwing himself in front of people like Kikau and getting steamrolled. So um, you can't question his bravery. He's always putting his body on the line and getting in front of bigger people. So hopefully it's nothing too serious. And, he, you know, it's just just one of those accidents that yeah. he, he can avoid. Through. Yeah. And then on to Naughty Boy Corner. No suspensions again for the second week in a row, which is really upsetting me. Wow. Um, but there were two fines. Um Cook Islands player um, Makahisi Makatoa was fined 13% of his match free for a grade two dangerous contact. And Damien Cook from New South Wales was fined 5 to 7% of his match fee for a grade one dangerous contact. Percentage was going to be determined on if he enters an early guilty plea or not. Um, but yeah, so fairly, I suppose, after the internationals and how physical that can be, probably. Um, it's a positive to see that there was only two fines and no suspensions or anything of that nature. Um, mm. It shows that rugby league might be going away from my style and more into yours. So, <laughs> um, disappointing for me, but um, probably better overall for the competition. Um, but we may as well just jump straight into international round now. Um, I know you've been practicing your pronunciations, so um, I will pass it off to you. Mate, thank you. I apologise in advance because, yeah, Rep Weekend is throwing up some names that I've got no idea how to say. So let's do our best. Uh, the first game was Lebanon versus Malta. Lebanon getting up 30 over Malta, 30 to 14. Six tries to two for Lebanon. Christian Yasmin, Josh Rizik, Bilal Mabani, Christian Yaz, Yasmin getting another one. Nick Cassis, Bilal Mabani getting another one. Two tries for Malta, Hayden Pace and Joel Bradford. Thank you, Joel Bradford. Your name was nice and easy to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, now um, we mentioned it last week that they, they weren't even televising it over in New Zealand. Um, I think you could get it on KO and the like in Australia. So I couldn't find anything about this game, um, which is really disappointing, especially as we will talk later. We want to see the international game grow. 
good to see Lebanon got a win, but I wanted mm. to see how Lebanon, what they look like, because they're the first team the Kiwis face at the World Cup at the end of the year. Mm. Um, not saying that they're ever going to be competitive um, playing a, a tier one nation, but it would have just been good to see, put some faces to some names. Um, mm. You didn't see anything on it either, though, did you? I didn't, mate. I was even trying to look up stats for it and couldn't find stats. All I could find was the score summary. So, yeah, a little disappointing. Would have been nice to watch this one as well. But, hey, I'm sure we'll get a look at Lebanon come World Cup time. Yeah, and um, Simon says Lebanon took to the second half of the first uh, set to the second half of the first half to get the game, get into the game, and Malta started off very well. Um, he said he nice. watched it on a website where he had to wear an eye patch. Um, <laughs> yeah, they it's something that the uh, rugby league has to sort out if they actually want to grow the game, they need to try to get people to watch the games, um, mm. by giving you a better access. So, um, especially, um, I don't want to sound biased as a Queensland supporter here, but you could watch the under 19 state of origin games, but you couldn't watch this one. It, it just feels that just have one guy with a, a handicam or something. Um, mm. And yeah, Simon also said most of the Lebanon and NRL players did not play this match, so it'll be a completely different team later in the year, which mm. is true. You'll get a few more NRL players in there and stuff. So um, yeah, we'll at least get to watch one Lebanon game um, when they play in the World Cup. But uh, may as well go on to Friday since we didn't really have much to offer there. Sure. So Friday, the next game we're covering was uh, the women's state of origin, New South Wales woman 20 over Queensland woman 14. It was three tries apiece this one. Um, one of the Dally M winners, Emma Tonegato grabbing a try, Kira Dib grabbing another try, and Isabel Kelly, who was, uh, you can't say man of the match, woman of the match. Um, she had a fantastic game. She was the third try scorer for New South Wales. For Queensland woman, Destiny Brill, Taryn Aitken, and Evania Pelete was the last try scorer. The difference really was the kicking. Rachel Pearson kicking um, two from three conversions and two from two penalty goals. It was a great game, I thought, Brad. Really entertaining, really close. Towards the end, it looked like Queensland woman had stolen it. It looked like they'd scored a try to go ahead, but was called back for um, chases being in front of the kick. Uh, and then right after that, um, New South Wales women scored and put the game away. So, but it did go right down to the wire. I thought it was a fantastic spectacle. What do you What do you think? Yeah, um, I thought it was a nice tight contest. Um, it was high quality. Um, looking forward to getting to see these guys play more than one game in a series. Mm. Um, thought you yeah, a fantastic solo try from former Warrior um, Kira Dib. Yeah. Um, as you said, goal kicking was the difference here. Um, Queensland did have a chance um, for the match winner in the late stage, but it was taken away due to um, Julia Robertson being offside. So a bit um, unfortunate for them there. And the only note I really took was I thought Tamika Upton would have more of an impact on the contest um, as she normally dominates every match she plays in. But she was quite quiet in this one. She did make a good... Um, a good try saving like tackle but that was really it and um it was a bit disappointing because mm. i'm a queensland supporter so i was hoping she would pull out of the um out of the hat but yeah 
great, great way to start off, officially mm. start off the international round, I guess you could say. Yeah. Like I was saying, I thought Isabel Kelly was fantastic. She was beast, beastie the whole game. I wanted to ask you about one of New South Wales bench players, Caitlin Johnston, um, coming on to the forwards off the bench. I thought she was absolute weapon. Um, yeah, causing all sorts of havoc on defence with big hits and some huge runs. Um, sure, sh- surely you liked a bit of that. Yeah, no, she's been really building. Um, I never really pay attention to her in the NRL competition, but you always see her in the Indigenous game. Mm. Um, she always seems to, to be one of the, the shining stars in that game. So it's good to see her um, bringing that type of performance to the state of origin field. And she's probably doing the same in NRL. I just haven't noticed. Um so she will be one I'll keep an eye on um, in a couple of months when we get the second season of the uh, Rugby League, uh, the Women's NRL, this year. Yeah, nice one. Um, so on to Saturday, more more women's rep footy. Kiwi yeah. Ferns versus uh, Tongan women team. Kiwi Ferns getting up 50 to 12, 11 tries to 2. Uh, bear with me while I make it through this list. So for the Kiwis, it was Paige McGregor, Madison Bartlett, uh, Caitlin Vaha'akolo, who grabbed two tries, uh, Racine McGregor, Amy Turner, Roxette Murdoch, Weta Kohu, Madison Bartlett again, Lashawn Jones and Nita Maynard. That's a lot of tries. Um, <laughs> for Tonga, China Polata and Hayley Hifo scrapped grabbed their two tries. 30 nil at half time. She was well and truly done and dusted by that stage, but I was really impressed with the Kiwi Ferns. Brad, I um I know Tonga, the Tonga team might have been a wee bit underdone. Both teams probably, um, in terms of rep footy, but yeah, I was impressed with what what the um Kiwi Ferns put out there. What do you think? Yeah, um first league game back at Mount Smart and um the Kiwi Ferns really put on a show. Um they scored early and just never looked like they were gonna stop. Um they had the edge all over the park and they just didn't let the foot off. Um goal kicking I'd say is the biggest issue for yeah. New Zealand here. They they kicked three out of eleven in this match, it didn't matter, but you're thinking World Cup when they're playing um England and and Australia, they're really going to need to nail that side of the game down. Um, Tonga, they showed plenty of spirit, um, but they're just not at the same level. Um, I was talking them up last week. You know, Paul was very um, harsh on them, saying they haven't got a world ranking, so what are they doing playing um, the Kiwi Ferns? Um, you could kind of see that with the scoreline, I guess. Um, but they didn't quit, um, mm. to their credit, and they scored some nice tries um, at the back end of the game. Mm. Um, their last try was um, good off a kick. And um, I think it's a good starting point for the New Zealand girls as they prepare for the World Cup. But, yeah, Tonga have a long way to go before they become a threat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, agree with you completely. Tonga showed heart not to give up and score a couple near the end. But, yeah, three from 11 off the tee for the, for the Kiwi Ferns. So, um, yeah, definitely need a wee bit of improvement there. Um, the second, the second leg of the double header on Saturday, uh, the Kiwis over Tonga twenty six to six in a much anticipated game. 
Four tries to one for the Kiwis. Jerome Hughes, Jordan Rapana, Ronaldo Mulatalo, and Isaiah Papali'i grabbing the tries. And Siona Kato grabbing the one try for Tonga. 20 to six at halftime, Brad. I, I thought the Kiwis were brilliant in the first half. Um, the spine that that we talked about, um, very high level spine. I think that's what gave us the edge. But after yeah, after the first half, I thought we looked fantastic. Maybe a bit uh, a foot a little bit off the gas in the second, but um, very professional and and did the job. What do you think? Yeah, I didn't mention it in that first game, but um, what a crowd at Mount Smart. Um, yeah. Red. I know um, Simon Amazing. mentioned earlier that he was a bit disappointed there was so much red and not enough black. Um, that is always going to be the case yeah. when it comes to um, Tonga playing in Auckland. Um, I was explaining it to my, my South African flatmates that um, – as much as Mount Smart is, you know, in New Zealand, I feel that Mount Smart is Tonga's, the Tongan Rugby League team's home ground as well. You know, when you look at when they played Australia, they played it at Mount Smart. Um, so you're always going to get a big crowd. Um, and I just think it makes for a great atmosphere. I, I feel like the Tongan supporters um, during the games definitely make um, the atmosphere a lot better. Um I had to explain again to the flat to home. They were asking why the stadium kept playing music during the the action. I said, "No, that's actually the the Tongan band singing." Um, and yeah, that's um, it. Just makes it so much better to watch, and uh, made me extremely jealous that I didn't go, and um, decided to stay at home and watch it. But um, man, the Kiwi side does look good. Um, they blew Tonga off the park. They did, you know, tighten up in that second half. Um, but to be honest, I expected it to be a lot closer than what it was. Um, but they just um, bolted out of the gates and never let Tonga in. Um, Jerome Hughes and Dylan Brown, I thought, linked up nicely. James Fisher-Harris was a monster in the middle. And um, Joseph Monu was out of this world. Um, yeah. Breaking the record for most 400 metres, was it? It was 401. It kept changing. Um, at yeah. the end of the game, they said it was 398. And then someone said it was 405. Um, as of today, the NRL website has still got it at 401. Um, it's crazy, though. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Um, it just yeah. stuck, it made me a lot more upset that he turned down the Warriors. So. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, Jacko's put a good comment, which I was about to mention. So I'll, I'll give him the, the thunder here. Um, he said, we've now got a, a Ford pack to be feared. Kiwi Ford's played a pack dominating um, the much – Vaunted Tongan pack. This is arguably yep. our best four pack since the great pack of the 1980s era. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I only mentioned um, James Fisher Harris there, but that Kiwi's forward pack is scary. Um, Leota off the yeah. bench. Wow. Yeah. Leota off the bench. Um, we were talking in our house going like, um, and we mentioned it last week that Michael Maguire said that um, he just wants to see Tohu Harris get some more games under his belt before coming back into the Kiwis. I was watching going, who would you leave out of that team to bring <laughs> yeah. Tohu in? Um, I don't know. I don't think – I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that I'd say we need to bring them into this team to make it better in terms of the pack. Um, yeah, if that pack was named and playing in the World Cup, I wouldn't be upset. I think they were fantastic. Mm. And um, – yeah, you throw Dylan Brown and Jerome Hughes, they just feed off that and all the backs, um, you know, 
yeah really good it, it makes me a lot more um excited for the world cup at the end of the year um mm. i still have the the horror flashbacks of the last world cup where the kiwis capitulated and were losing to everybody um but yeah we forgot tonga um they got close to scoring a few times but the kiwis defense kept them out um they were physical which you always expect um from tonga but they still we talked about it before we went live they still need to find halves um if they want to be competitive with new zealand and australia they did get that win against australia i'm not saying that they can't beat australia or new zealand it's just they need some help with their halves they've got a great forward pack they've got a dangerous back line mm. it's just that spine that's missing um katoni stags i still don't think he's a half um mm. i think Tonga will be a lot better having them in the centers and getting some yeah. other halves in there. But it's just they don't have a lot of halves. Um, like you said, I'll let you say it, but you were talking about them in Samoa, so I'll let you talk about that. But um, it was a great match to watch. Yeah, I just mentioned that. How scary would they be if um, Samoa and Tonga just made one merged super team? Because for me, like Tonga's forward pack is crazy scary when you're bringing guys like Olukowatu off the bench. Uh, say something about the quality, but yeah, the backs, the backs off the back of it, probably just not quite at that same level. Where whereas watching the Samoa game, we'll touch on that next. But they look like their backs are a higher level, you know, with um, Milford and and well, you know, all sorts. Even their outside backs, the Tango and Taylor May from Northaluma. So um, yeah, but you're right, Tonga's spine. Um, if they had slightly better spine, they'd be a very, very scary. They already are a scary prospect, but they'd be They're still scary. They're still yeah. scary. I, I would never go into a match going, this is an easy win um, against mm. Tonga. I was still nervous going into that game on Saturday. Um, mm. I thought the Kiwis team looked better, um, but it was like you just can never, um, you can never rule out Tonga. But, yeah, it was great to see and it yeah, further strengthens why. Um, why but yeah um and simon just said from my understanding tonga and samoans generally don't like each other and you can't really make a team out of that that's a question more for richie than for me um <laughs> i don't mind my tongan brothers <laughs> it was just more it was just more of a tongue-in-cheek uh, more than anything but it's just highlighting that i think yeah where the tongans are lacking i think maybe slightly in the backs to make them on the same level as kiwis in australia yeah yeah but how good, how good to have that um, as a showcase game. Um, s s fantastic. Um, should we move on to the next game, Brad? Yeah. We'll move on to my Samoan brothers. Uh, Samoa played the Cook Islands and yes. got up 42 to 12. Eight tries to two. So for Samoa, Taylor May, David Norfoluma grabbed four. He got a big four. Isaac Tango. Taylor May grabbed the second, actually, and Jackson Paulo grabbed the tries for Samoa. And Cook Islands, Davey Mwale and Stephen Masters grabbed their two tries. 20-0 um, at halftime, I thought Samoa were cruising. Their outside backs, um, Norfoluma, Taylor May, Tango, just showing their high-level NRL quality. Um, yeah, I thought the Cook Islands were pretty brave, though, because... I think Samoa skipped up to a pretty big lead early and it looked like it was going to be something bigger than what it ended up. But I think the Cook Islands showed a lot of heart there to um, 
and added that you know they had their moments and they added to the game. I thought even with yeah. like a lot less sort of NRL quality that than Samoa had. Yeah, it was a one-sided contest, really. Um, you would say it was a star-sided Samoan uh, lineup against uh, a Cook Island team mainly filled with reserve graders. Um, mm. Nofaluma um, was great, getting those four tries. Um, Josh Schuster was causing plenty of trouble. He was, yeah. Um, as well, I thought Chanel Harris-Tavita and Anthony Milford made quite a handy halves pairing. Yeah. Um, and I think I commented to you while the game was on, um, just say it was good to watch some Warriors play in a game where they're actually winning and looking happy <laughs> um, after seven weeks of losses. Um, yeah. with, I thought all Warriors in the game, you know, Jazz, yeah, um, Jazz, Bunty, Chanel, um, I think even Pride, Peterson, Rabati played quite well for the Cook Islands as well. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a great game. Um, they just played, Samoa just played nice football. Um, the scoreboard was blowing out, but they weren't getting cocky about it. They were um, keeping to the game plan. They knew what was working, and they just kept attacking Cook Islands um, everywhere they could. Um, so, yeah, they're preparing for the World Cup, and it's good to see they just didn't get in over their heads and try silly things because the score was big. Um, Cook Islands were up against it from the start. You know, they got a few HIAs early on. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, but again, like I said about the the Tongan women team, they showed a lot of spirit and they did get a few tries at the end, much like the Tongan women team. Mm. Um, hard to see them having too much impact at the World Cup, though. Yeah. Um, they You look at their draw, they have to face Papua New Guinea and Tonga, but they do get a match against Wales first up, which will be the one they'll be aiming at really putting an effort in. Um, but yeah, a great, great effort from Samoa. And I guess from a Warriors point of view, we finally got to see Pride Peterson Robardi get a wee bit of a crack. Yeah, um, not playing this week. He's still over in Australia um, playing yeah. for Redcliffe. So um, I keep begging for him to get a shot and eventually Stacey will listen. Um, I might <laughs> have to message him and ask him to read my blog. But um, yeah, I just want to see the guy get around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, um, Simon just said it's a shame the Cook Islands could use Chance. He's really eligible. He's played for them before too. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him playing for them at the World Cup because I don't see him making the Kiwis. So um, I think if he's still fit and able, I, I think he'll play for Cook Islands at the World Cup, which would be fantastic. It would be a great get for them. 
Yeah, it would. Last game on Saturday, Papua New Guinea getting up over Fiji, 24-14. Brad said he thought Papua New Guinea would win. I said I thought Fiji would win, so Brad was right. There you go, Brad. Yep. Bragging, bragging rights. Uh, four tries to three for Papua New Guinea, Lachlan Lamb, Mackenzie Ye, David Mead, and Lachlan Lamb actually grabbed the double. For Fiji, Kevin Nagama, Sunia Turuva grabbed the double. I thought Sunia Turuva at fullback was uh, out of this world. I thought uh, I thought he was fantastic. I think he had something like 250 metres, a couple tries. Um, yeah, but this was a, this was a very competitive game, Brad, and a lot of big contact. Uh, I thought Fiji had their moments, probably just not quite uh, as good as taking their chances as Papua New Guinea were. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I thought the game was really good watch. What about you? Yeah, I thought it was a great game the end of the Saturday night with um, you weren't the only one that expected Fiji to win. A lot of people just kind of thought they had it due to all the, you know, Kakao, Sivo, Rabalaba, all those guys out there. Um, but PG, uh, PNG and myself didn't get that memo and um, they got a nice win and it was good to see them get a, a nice win for David Mead in his last international game. Yeah. Um, as you said, a very physical game, which is exactly what you get when you see either of these teams play. Um, Lachlan Lamb, I thought he scored that night, a nice double and looked really good out there. Um, it may have some NRL teams um, looking at him again after he was cruelly discarded from the Roosters um, first grade. He's still with the Roosters, obviously, but mm. he's not looking um, looking a shot at getting a chance there. But it may give some of these other teams a chance to just go or. Well, he does have something. Um, let's give him a shot. Um, do I see PNG uh, winning the World Cup? No. But I think they're definitely a shot at quarterfinals, if not semis. Um, they just got a good quality team. Um, Jacko just mentioned, like, he said they are fantastic and would love to see the Warriors sign one or two of their hard men forwards. Yeah. They're just, um, yeah, hard is probably the right way to just describe them. We, we see it with, you know, their their pride of um pride and joy uh Justin Nolan. They're just all hard working. They they play a hundred percent and they hit you hard, they run hard. They're just it's probably that one game any international team put on the calendar going, this is the one we're gonna really struggle getting up in the morning after. Um but yeah, Fiji, they had plenty of stars. They just weren't clicking. And I think they mm. uh but like Tonga, they need to find some better halves. Um, Naguam is a good player, but I don't think not a six. No, um, they have a lot of quality though. So if they start clicking, they'll be dangerous. Um, mm. But yeah, and um, yeah, Simon also mentioned that um, PNG and Fiji were the most competitive game, which is true. Um, and yeah, he also said Fiji had the most NRL players, but PNG had the better game plan. Yeah, I think it's as simple as that. I think. They had a, a good game plan to combat Fiji, regardless of the talent they had. Um, as they say, you know, um, a team full of stars is going to beat a superstar team. Um, mm. And that's what it was. PNG had a game plan, stuck to it, and it worked. And, um, yeah, full credit to them. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, mate. Um, like I was saying, I think Fiji had, had their moments, but just not enough polish. And it was in the in the spine, like you said, Lachlan Lamb and Labour, I think, combined a lot better than 
what Fiji's halves did, but I think maybe Nagama's only playing six because Brent, Brendan Wakem wasn't available to play. Otherwise, that's that's what I hear anyway. I, I think Nagama might have been more out in the outside backs otherwise, but yeah. hey, either way, what a game. In the next game, what a game. New South Wales 44, Queensland 12. Seven tries to two. Debutant Matt Burden, Brian To'o, Daniel Tupo, Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary grabbing a double, and Angus Crichton rounding out the tries for New South Wales. Felice Kafusi and Cameron Munster grabbing the two tries for Queensland. Um, yeah, close at halftime, Brad. I think maybe slightly controversial sin binning towards the end of the first half started what was a bit of an onslaught in the second. I think Queensland did not too bad in that period with Kafusi off, but I think you saw it take its toll um, in Queensland's gas tank in the second half there. I think I think that just looked like they ran out of gas and New South Wales just kept the foot on the throat. Yeah, fantastic game from New South Wales. Um, I think even if you take the sin binning out of the equation, the result was still going to be the same. Maybe not as as big, but um, it, you from the even at half time, it was it was really close. But you could just see New South Wales had the edge. Um, I I went to bed at sixty minutes when it started blowing out a bit too much because um, I had work in the morning and I watched the rest when I got home. Um, on Monday, but yeah, um, I thought Queensland did look strong in the opening stages. Um, yeah. They had some strong defence. The defence didn't last. As you said, they, it looked like they lost a bit of gas. Um, they ended the match with 56 missed tackles, which mm. is worse than what the Warriors do. So um, that I kind of put that all in my mind and go, no, that's not great. Um, yeah, I don't know if it was a lack of energy or if Queensland came into the contest a bit like New South Wales normally do and were a bit too cocky. Um, or if New South Wales were just better. Um, but they do love playing in Perth. I got the stat that um, they've played in Perth twice, and New South Wales have, if you combine the scores, they have an 82 to 18 um, scoreline. So they do definitely love putting on points in Perth. Um, Queensland did have a few half chances, but they just couldn't finish them. Um, yeah, second half I put down that it was basically just a training run. For New South Wales, um, they just piled on the points. Nathan Cleary made up for a subpar performance in game one, um, putting on an amazing performance, yeah. you know, scoring a double, kicking seven from seven at the tee, um, and he controlled that back line that's so dangerous. Um, excellently um, dangerous player. Matt Burden had a great showing as well. Um, he was getting snow on his bombs. Yeah. Um, that was really scary to see. And um, New South Wales forwards just competed. Um, I think I mentioned that in the last game, that they weren't competing with Queensland, and that's where it all fell apart. They competed, and it made the difference this time. Um, yeah, great match for New South Wales, and it should make for a great decider on 13th of January. Um, and, yeah, Simon just made a comment before I let you talk again. Um, what a crowd that Perth had. I think it's ridiculous that Peter Volandis reckons that they arrested um, AFL State and that there's no interest in rugby league. Yeah, I think these Origin games, they are a spectacle, which probably helps getting more people there. Hmm. But 
um, if it was as one-sided to the AFL as Peter Volandis likes to let everyone believe, you wouldn't get big crowds like that going. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, I think he, we, we'll talk about him very shortly about the internationals, but I think he's a bit, um, bit delusional in some aspects. But, yeah, the floor is yours. Talk about your amazing team. I think you wrapped it up, mate. I don't. I don't think I really. I genuinely need do. <laughs> yeah, I, I just felt. I, I feel like the Maroons will come a lot harder in, in the decider, especially being at home. Yeah. I, I do honestly feel like it. It was just a case of them running out of gas, and maybe they didn't get quite so much. Maybe New South Wales were allowed to play a bit more in this one. You know, I, I know during the week, uh, Freddie Fitler spoke with the referees, and maybe that, maybe that helped a little, but. The Maroons were copying a lot of um, six against and penalties against them. So I think, yeah, it shows in the run metres. New South Wales ran for 1,666 metres to Maroons 913. So there's a huge discrepancy there. So um, I don't see it being quite that in the decider. They generally aren't in deciders at Suncorp. So no. I think we'll see a good competitive match. Yeah, it'll be good. And um, before we move on to questions, we'll talk about the state of origin tipping. Um, I'll bring it up. There we go. Um, I don't like talking about it a lot. Um, Richie and Simon both got the game correct, and I got the game wrong, um, which sees Simon sitting at the top of the ladder um, with two from two. Uh, I am second because of Alphabet's um, with one from two, and Richie is stone cold last with one from two. See, um, I don't like that. See, like, what do you guys think in the comments? I thought it should be with points differential. New South Wales won by forty-four. Surely I'm second. You wanna, you wanna change that? You can design the <laughs> graphics, uh, Richie. But, fair um, call, fair call. I've done it alphabetically, so um, that helps. If we want to look at points differential, your predictions on the tipping might have been different later on in the nrls but um it's all yeah. good mate I'm we'll salty. see I'll, I'll probably end up at the bottom because i'll probably pick wrong again in the third one but i lost origin last year too i believe so kind of goes with the theme um so we'll go into questions there weren't too many questions of the crowd robbie did ask a good question though which was who's our smoky for the rugby league world cup for me it's I don't know even know if it's smoky. The Kiwis, um, for me, we look every bit as good as Australia. Uh, I think our forwards are probably on par, if not better. They might just have the slightest edge in the backs. Um, when you look at the – our halves are great, but if, they'll probably put Cleary and Munster, so you give them a slight edge there. But for me, the Kiwis, you could look at maybe the next tier down maybe – who knows with England, but maybe Tonga if they if they can somehow manage to squeak through a semi and into a final, they could cause a bit of damage. But for yeah. me, it's Kiwi, got to be Kiwis, if not Australia. But Australia would be favourite. Yeah, um, and I think the way it works, um, I haven't had a proper look at it again, but I think the way the draw is, you won't get an Australia New Zealand final. They're going to meet up in the semi if everything goes well due to the the rankings um jacko is laughing at you saying you can't i know you're you're absolutely one you're absolutely right jacko but 
you take the ranking away and Aussie would always be favourite, wouldn't they? So um, I am not going to be as silly as you and pick the number one team as a Smokey because that's ridiculous. Um, I'm going with Tonga as my Smokey. I think I they have struggles with their with their halves, but I think if they fix that, I think they could easily go in there and upset. We've seen they've beaten New Zealand, they've beaten Australia, so they've done those. Um, and yeah, Simon's also mentioning about the rankings have to do with people who play games in Australia yeah. haven't. Australia just decided they don't want to play internationals anymore. Um, so yeah, I get that. I, I feel like if they were actually interested in the international game the rankings mm. would probably be different but um i think yeah i i put australia and new zealand as the ones that should win it um mm. so that's why i take new zealand out of my smoky area but yeah i think tonga had the best shot outside of those two yeah. um so that's what i would do um i couldn't see any other questions in there so um, I will go with my one first to you because it's probably a bit shorter because your one's probably going to be a bit longer. Um, but my one is to go with um, with Australia. Do you think Australia has made an error not playing into any internationals before the World Cup or is State of Origin enough prep? I think State of Origin is enough prep for them. I think that's why Australia Rugby League look so hard to protect state of origin um, because it's it's just something that no other country can match in terms of prep for the next level up. Um, I, I don't like the fact that Aussie haven't played any games in COVID. This obviously been COVID, but I don't like the fact that Aussie don't seem to take the international game as, as seriously as I'd like it to be taken. Um but you just know that they're going to throw together a squad at the World Cup that's going to be unreal anyway. Um, it's going to be chock yeah. full of pan Panthers and Storm players, and, yeah, it'll be ridiculous. So, But will it, though? I think it will. Well, yes, I think no matter what, even even if people like Luai and Toa say, hey, we're playing for Samoa, um, I'm just thinking of people who are in the origin squads right now. Daniel Tupo might say, oh, I'm going to play for Tonga in the World Cup. They're still going to, they'll, they'll, who are they going to pick? Josh Adokar. And they're, they're still going to come up with fantastic players um, no matter what. Aussie always do. It's like it's like the All Blacks are here in New Zealand for Union. Um, but, yeah, to answer your question, I, I think they're still going to have a strong squad in the World Cup. I don't think. I don't think it's going to make much difference that they haven't played any international games. No, they do have that advantage of playing Origin. You think if yeah. we didn't have this international round, um, but um, yeah, if we didn't have these, we'd be in a lot more trouble than Australia because they do have at least Origin. Simon's asked, um, should Queensland and New South Wales go to the World Cup instead of Australia? And then um, Robert uh, Old Roo, has said um, sh they should all have to play for Australia if picked, um, meaning those yeah. other players. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's – what do you make of that, Brad? Because that's the uh, that's the old argument, isn't it? Um, but then if they do that, they may miss out on a lot of people who are, you know, you're, obviously your Luai's and Tors um, and yeah. all those kind of guys. It's, it's that – 
it's that little it's the thing that irritates me the most with australia um because they can throw the money in origin they do lure these players that would benefit so much from and um like tonga and samoa would benefit from having those guys there that you know aren't going to play through the kangaroos but they're good enough to play origin so they get lured with the money um i agree i I think if you decide that you want to play origin you're declaring yourself for australia so that should be where you stay but i also want to see the international game grow and by having those guys play it does help in that aspect but they need that's when the arl needs to come in and help out making playing for the islands nations have a bit more incentive than earning all that mate well like we see it with the Kiwis, there's some players that the Kiwis have managed to keep as Kiwis when they could be earning more money playing Origin, but they have stuck. Like um, Molotalo. Yeah, well, Molotalo tried. <laughs> he tried to play Origin. Um, but yeah, there needs to be something there. Um, but yeah, I, I'm still staunch on that. If you declare yourself for Origin, it means you're declaring for Australia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of in the same camp. Should I go with my question? Yeah, go for your question because I feel like it's flowing into that and going to take some time. All right. So I wanted to talk about the the murmurings that the international weekend will be scrapped. Um, We touched on it a wee bit earlier. So I really love watching the internationals on the weekend, Brad. Uh, Do you think it would be a big blow to the international game if, if... that that um, international weekend got scrapped, and what else do you think could be done to grow the international game if that would be the case? Yeah, well, they it's it's not a murmur anymore. They basically said it's it's happening. Um, mm. I was trying to find Jacko did make a comment earlier that was going to flow into this. Yep, here it is. Um, he said, "Surely you guys don't believe the NRL gives um, anything but token support to the international game," and I was basically going to say the same. Um, it's going to sound completely biased as a New Zealander, but I feel that Australia know that they're not the the cream of the crop anymore. Um, you look at the even you look at the NRL, um, and you look at the international window. So many of them, so many of the big names of the NRL right now, aren't wearing Australian colours. Um, you do you got your Clearies, your Munsters, but you think of your Manus, your Hughes's, your Tamalolos, um, all of those guys. James Fisher-Harris is the best front rower in the NRL. He's a Kiwi. Um, so many of the, the NRL's biggest stars now are no longer Australian. And they, yeah, I feel like it's a, a, in the back of their mind, they don't want these teams being better. So why help? And they don't care. I know I saw stats that, the international games didn't get as many viewers um, as State of Origin did and whatnot in Australia. But um, they didn't show the New Zealand viewing, but they don't really care about that. But um, all the Australians that I've spoken to loved watching the international games. Um, And you want, the better the international game gets, the better the NRL will get because these international players get more experience they you saw some of those guys in the cook islands team and in samoa and in png they're not even making first grade um so they're getting experience here 
they develop, they learn from their players around them. Um, you know, you think of a, a Kiwi player that's not getting um, the rub of the green in first grade, he gets to go into camp and he's learning off Jerome Hughes and Joey Manu and all those guys. He goes back to his NRL club, a bigger player, a better player, and then that will help his NRL team grow because he'll have more confidence. And so it's just like a circle that, you know, the more love they show the international game, the more they're going to reap the benefits in the NRL. Um, I think it's uh, a mess. I know they are twinning the end of year, um, bringing back the test at the end of the year. I I like that, but I like something in the middle too. Um, Jacko did kind of say here, I'm kind of, I've been getting a lot of crap about it because I'm kind of the same. He's like, they're saying the Aussie press keeps saying Origin is the pinnacle and have the best 34 players in the world. I don't think Origin is the pinnacle anymore. Um, it's I used to watch every Origin hook, line, sinker. I still do because of this show, but I could easily not watch it. I But I watched every international game I could in the weekend because um, I have more investment, I guess, in the international. I'm a Kiwi. Uh, I'm from South Auckland, so I have connections to the Polynesian as well, so I always support Samoa and Tonga. Um, so I have more connections there than the Australians playing each other, especially when half of the guys playing in Origin, um, you know, I see as Pacific Islanders or Kiwis anyway. But um, they need to do more. You know, Wayne Bennett talked about it at Lep saying it's you can't grow the game if you don't actually play the game. And um, they need to do something. I know that they're saying with 17 teams next year, there's going to be a buy every week. And they can't, they say they can't afford to have like a week off in the middle. I think that's crazy. And I feel I would prefer to see them do it for all side, all origin games on a Sunday instead of the Wednesday, because it affects the NRL competition. Because, you know, the week before, all your top stars that are playing origin don't play for the club. Hmm. So, you know, it affects the quality of the game um, in some aspects. You know, your members are paying to see the best players of their team go, and then they're getting a week where they're going to have some 16-year-old running around um, or Sean O'Sullivan. Um, that's not what you pay for. But I think there's a way in the middle, but Australia themselves don't care about international game as we're seen by the fact that they refuse to even play games um you know were they that scarred by losing to tonga and they they just decide never to play again i don't know but they need to do something because the nrl is for not just australians um so when origins on everything stops but you've got pacific islanders and kiwis that would like to see themselves represented um, during yeah. that time. So why couldn't they, I still don't understand why you couldn't do uh, even, I know it's short-sighted because it's just Tonga and New Zealand, but when State of Origin's on, you have New Zealand and Tonga play each other, or you have Tonga and Samoa, or you have a combination of everything at the same time. Um, why not get everyone involved? It, I don't know. That I, I think that it's and we've you guys talked about them talking about the origin being the pinnacle. I think that's Australia wanting to protect that as their pinnacle. They want that to be the pinnacle. Um, 
And I think Origin has always been such a great advantage to Australia and in the, in the international game because you're having a three-game series where all these players who are international quality players to begin with are playing a very hard series against each other and prepping themselves for that higher level. And then you throw them up against the Kiwis who just go in cold. And it's traditionally why I think the Kiwis always go terribly in the one-off game. And but if they play in series. Yeah, if they play in a tournament and they get to warm up, that's where we tend to go better. So, um, yeah, it's a tough one for me because, like you say, Australia have a three-game series of State of Origin. Wouldn't it be great if we had a three-game series against Tonga? And that would really help grow us as well, not just Australia looking after their own best interests. Yeah. Um, and Simon kind of said he would like to see a Kiwi origin of Auckland versus the rest of New Zealand or yeah. a New Zealand versus uh, Tonga or a Pacific tournament while on origin. There, there's plenty of things they could do. Um, and Jacko also made a comment that um, origin's slowly losing viewers as well. The viewership is going down. Um, not not by like it's going to die or anything like that, but it, it's still not good. But yeah, I just want to see them show some incentive. It would be it would be nice um, because the international games, as we saw, they deliver. Um, mm. Even if the score, like you look at New Zealand Tonga, the score line was quite big, but it didn't it didn't make you want to switch off. Going, oh, Kiwis have won this. It's over. Let's see what else is on. Um, they keep the match exciting. So yeah, the roundabout way, but. They unfortunately, I don't think they care enough, and um, they, they, I think they'd be happy if there was no internationals at all. To be honest, as much as they say in the media that they love it, um, this action they've done shows that they don't. Yeah, I agree. So um, we may as well get into uh, round sixteen since we're we're already past our hour, but with with uh, Paul not here, we can kind of go as long as we want. So. Um, I'll bring up the fixtures. Um, I did see you did your tips already, but I didn't write them down, so I'll write it again. Simon's given me his, so we will go from there. Um, so Thursday night, we have Manly versus Storm. Simon and myself have both picked the Storm. I always pick the Storm, mate. Always pick the Storm. Um, next up on Friday, we have the Knights versus the Titans. I have gone for the Knights, and Simon has gone for the Titans. Wow. You went Knights, no KP. Titans, oh, I didn't know KP wasn't there at the time um, when I no, made my keep your, keep your pick. Uh, I, I, went I went Titans. <laughs> you went Titans? I've got enough lead, so it's okay to be a bit risky. Yeah. Yeah, um, and Titans are dead last for a reason, guys. Um, the last game on Friday night is the Panthers versus the Roosters. Simon and myself have both picked the Panthers. Me too. We've picked the Panthers as well. Uh, then we have our first game on Saturday, Bulldogs-Sharks. I've gone with the Sharks, so is Simon. Not tempted by the Bulldogs' form? No. No, me either. I went Sharks. <laughs> um, then next up, we have probably one of the games that's probably going to be up there for match of the round, um, bar the bias point of view from me. But Cowboys-Broncos, uh, Simon and myself have both picked Cowboys. Yes, me too. I'm Cowboys. All right. So we, you were trying to copy me again. Um, then we have the last game on Saturday, Rabbitohs versus Eels. I have gone with the Eels. Simon has gone with the Rabbitohs. 
Oh, yeah, I went Eels. I was tempted by Latrell coming back, but no, Eels. Yeah, I've been pretty... I'm getting better with my Eels picks, so I'm, I'm confident this week. And then my match of the round, um, first game on Sunday, Warriors versus Tigers at Mount Smart Stadium. Um, it's great to actually be able to say that again. I have gone with the Warriors. Simon has gone with the Warriors too. I know you've picked Tigers because you said you were never picking the Warriors again. Um, but I feel like is, you've changed your mind. It is match of the round, mate, no doubt. Mate, if not from a footy quality point of view, definitely from a sentimental and warm and fuzzies and every every other aspect point of view, for me, yeah. it's game of the round. And I went with Warriors. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, so, you broke your rule after after oh, just putting it in a few weeks ago. Yeah, I, um, I, I feel a Cinderella story coming on here. Yeah, and um, Simon also mentioned that um, the Warriors-Tigers game's free to air on Sunday live on Prime here in New Zealand, which is good to see. And then we had the last game of the round, uh, Dragons-Raiders. Simon and myself have both picked Raiders here. Oh, I knew Simon would pick Raiders. I thought you might pick your team, though, Brad. Yeah, yeah, I hate hate the Dragons, so that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> I went the Raiders too. Raiders, okay. So we haven't really got that many different this week. Again, um, you guys have both picked the Titans. I've picked the Knights. Um, and then Simon picked Rabbitohs when we both picked the Eels. Everything else is the same. Um, so I, I should still be ahead, um, as is always the case, which is always good to see. But... Um, before we go into Super League, yeah, um, it'd be, it's going to be awesome um, having that game at Mount Smart. I know it's a sellout, um, which is great to see. And um, I, I'm very lucky to be going. You, unfortunately, uh, are not able to make it. Um, but you, you're, you're aiming to get there for the Bulldogs, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm going to target the Bulldogs one to come to Auckland for that one. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to feel all the emotions through the TV anyway, Brad. Um, I'll probably be able to feel feel the tears rolling down your cheek um, from my living room. I'm sure you'll yeah. shed a couple. It's um, Yeah, it's going to be great. I've, life's been very sad without footy at Mount Smart um, yeah. for me. But I'm really looking forward to going. Um, hopefully we'll be able to um, catch up with some people I haven't seen in a while. And if any of you guys are going... Feel welcome to come and see me. Um, I, I'm always there. But, yeah, it's going to be great, and I'm really looking forward to talking about that one next week. Um, we'll probably yeah. have to add some extra time to, yeah, yeah. to the show. But um, before we go, I'll just do a quick rundown of Super League. Um, they We had St. Helens defeated Leeds, 42-12. to Warrington defeated Hull FC, 4-0. Wigan wiped the forward to loose, 40-6. to Salford decided to do one better and defeated Wakefield 74-10. Um, Uddersfield um, defeated Hull KR 38-10. And Castleford defeated Catalan 17-16. Um, so that's it. St. Helens is still um, a bit in the lead at the top of the ladder. Wigan are second and Catalan after that loss are sitting at third. Um, but yeah, they've got... This week we've got... Castleford versus Uddersfield, Hull FC versus Leeds, Catalans versus St. Helens, Toulouse versus Hull KR, Wakefield versus Wigan, and Warrington versus Salford, um, which there's some good matches in there. And then the week after that, it's um, the Super League's Magic Round, 
which always has some real good matchups. So um, some good weeks coming up in the UK. Um, anything else you wanted to add before we win? Yeah, just thanks to everyone for who thanks to everyone who watched along and and um, had some chat with us. Nice to have your company, and um, can't wait for the Warriors game in the weekend. And thanks for doing Paul's duties, Brad. Um, you, you did a stellar job. Yeah, I, I did my best. Um, sorry if I didn't see all your comments. Um, Paul's really good at that in the background. Um, but Simon just put another comment in before we go, saying there's a rumor he's heard recently um, from uh, sources in the UK that Toulouse, if Toulouse get relegated, they will not be playing English second division because the owners are from Toulouse. Um, so yeah, he's also said he doesn't want to throw money. Uh, he doesn't want to throw money at it, being the owner, um, which would be a shame. It's the problem I have with promotion relegation. I know. We didn't talk about it. I probably should have brought it up in the news, but um, Buzz, our, our, our great friend of the show, um, wanted the NRL to bring promotion relegation in. Um, but I, I don't like the idea of promotion relegation because I think you're always setting up that team that gets promoted to fail, and then it, it never looks good. We had it in, we'll talk about rugby for a little bit, but in the NPC where Counties Manukau would get promoted, then relegated, promoted, relegated, promoted, relegated because they could never keep players because they were second division. And then once they got to first division, they could never get players to come back. So um, that's the part I don't like about it. Um, but yeah, it looks like if they keep going the way they are, Toulouse will be relegated because they're, they're still stuck at the very bottom, um, which is unfortunate. But we'll, we'll see what happens um, in terms of what happens in the promotion relegations again. But anyway, I went on a tangent, as I like to do. But ladies and gentlemen, um, thank you for tuning in tonight and joining us on the standoff with Brad and Richie. Your weekly update on Rugby League. Tune into our show next week at 8 p.m. here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. And um, good night, everyone. Cheers for joining me again, Richie. And My um, pleasure. See you, guys. see you guys all next week. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 